quedar tranquilo y nació al día siguiente. Welcome everybody to Full Kit Wanker Podcast, your weekly recap of all things soccer related, brought to you by two Americans, Stephen and Ryan. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at FKW Podcast and email us with any critiques, criticisms, feedback at fkwpodcast at gmail.com. Now to the show. Show, 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 show. Welcome everybody to Full Kit Wankers Podcast. Stephen and Ryan here doing our English Career League preview for the 1920 season. Stephen, how are you doing? Pretty good. It's good to be back. Uh, I'm glad we got, you know, through that little legal issue. Um, our previous uh, financer um, is unfortunately in custody now. Um, but uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much we're allowed to talk about that whole situation, but uh, it is nice to finally be back on the air. Um, I saw that we have eight total followers now. So I, I think that our fans have been um, starved a little bit considering our long layoff from last season. Yeah, that seems like quite a drop from what it used to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. About 7,992 have dropped off since uh, since we last recorded. But that's okay. We're here to, to please the fans that suck around through thick and thin and hopefully build that followership back up. Um, so, so big summer in 1920 um, in regards to the Premier League. Lots of inbound transfers. Uh, I want to start with you, Stephen. Who who do you think is the most notable transfer thus far this season? Um, you mean transfer that's actually gone through? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's start with um, transfers. I don't know. I like I like um, you know Spurs Spurs plan. You know Basaka. Go ahead, say it, Juan Basaka. <laughs> Juan Basaka. That, uh, that just just uh, sounds like it's going to be a you know a terrible signing, but we'll see. <laughs> so you have little faith in in Juan Basaka coming into United squad and making a difference at at a transfer value of fifty three million or whatever he came in for. Um, I mean, I guess, but I, I don't th- I don't think right back was the issue. You know, where where do you think the issue is? Uh. Or the same place it's been uh, for 10 years, central defense. Central defense. So, so Paul Pogba has not shown you that he can, he can. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about midfield. I'm talking about. Oh, oh, center center backs. My apologies. So you're, you're really keen on the hopeful Harry Maguire transfer then. Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. Is that is that not official yet? I, I don't think so. It, it seems to be <laughs> drawn out. Um, uh, you know, we'll get to to some of the rumor mill here in a little bit, but I don't even think Harry Maguire has uh, put in a transfer request at this point in time. No, yeah, he's been um, you know very respectful of the process. Um, not like these damn NBA players demanding trades. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, the NBA offseason is has definitely uh, taken the spoils as far as intrigue and um, showing that the players definitely hold the upper hand in those negotiations. Uh, the The Premier League transfer market has been pretty quiet. So, Rodri Hernandez, Rodri, coming over from Atletico to Man City. Um, that's been the biggest transfer exchange thus far at seventy million. Uh, was watching a little highlight film of him earlier. And I got to say that that Scout Central YouTube channel, 
I don't know how they get away with utilizing all the videos from you know the different leagues and whatnot. But that thing is, I mean, that's top notch. Do you watch any of the Scout Central or whatever it's called YouTube channel? Uh, not that specific channel, but I'll have to check it out. Uh, yeah, so I, I wasn't very familiar with Rodri or Rodri or however you know you say his name, but he looks like um, basically. Um, you know, a shoe in to move into their central defense and and provide cover. Uh, their their current center defenseman, the uh, the Brazilian, remind me his name. Um, Fernandinho. Fern, yeah, Fernandinho. Oh, yeah, yeah, central defense. Um, central mid defense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> central defender is that only in the central true defense state? Well, that's kind of what I can think of it as but you know hey i don't know I, what do they call it on fifa i haven't played FIFA in a while so that's probably why yeah let's not get into fifa <laughs> this last year was a big disappointment and and next year speaking of fifa juve is not even going to be featured in the game did you see that what no yeah. i did not so somehow they negotiated their own deal and they're only going to be featured in um the other what, what's fifa's rival and and the um, pro evolution soccer yes so juve will be featured in pro evolution soccer but will not be featured in fifa so they're using a a stand-in team to basically represent them kind of like the the chicago bulls um back in the early nba jam and nba uh live days where where mm. Jor- jordan couldn't be featured in there so are the players themselves being featured in it? because i feel like um all that is licensed through like the the FIFA Pro like players union thing and not like the individual leagues. I could be wrong though. But that, you know, they have some high high profile players on there. So if, you know, they, if FIFA can't use Cristiano Ronaldo's name in the game, then I'm sure that would make a difference. Yeah, so so good question. So the 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 fill in name for Juve is going to be Piamonte Calcio. Mm-hmm. Um and here it says, no, the real-world players, including authentic names and faces, will be used in the Piemonte Calcio squad throughout FIFA 20 and FIFA 20 Ultimate Team. So it looks like the players will still be represented, but the, the squad itself will not. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, Juventus had, you know, some of the cooler kits, or full kits, as we would say. Um, with you know, with a nice block print Jeep logo. Oh, that's right. They are Jeep branded. You can you even ride a Jeep over in Italy? Is that do they? You know, is that a big car available in the marketplace? Well, the only Jeeps in Europe are the ones left over from uh, World War Two. Okay. Well, on that note, we'll we'll move back to transfer news. So the second biggest signing um, in terms of dollars exchange is Tenge Ndebole. Ndebole. Ndoble, um going over to Spurs for for cool fifty five mil. Um, he came on in his first friendly action. First touch was a um, a takeaway. Second touch was a beautiful assist to Lucas Mora um, against the previously mentioned Juve. Uh, have you had a chance to see any of him, uh, Stephen? Whether it be this season in the friendlies or or previously? Yeah, I've seen some of his uh, some of his work. He looks like a you know, another uh, promising French midfielder <laughs> along the lines of Pogba and uh, 
Uh, what's his name? Musa uh, Sissoko. It, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, on Chelsea now. Uh, oh, oh yeah, Conte. Yeah, Conte. Yeah, yeah. So Nadole's uh, introduction or his his first time there in the friendly reminded me a little bit of kind of Yaya Torre-ish, you know, where he's up and down, box to box. Um, I think that his defensive skills are probably superseded by his offensive talents, but he does look like he's very capable in both roles. So it'll be exciting to see him playing for for Tottenham. Next up is is Juan Basaka, who who we spoke about just a few minutes ago for United for fifty three mil. Um, it doesn't seem like you're as keen on him as I am. I, I'm a big fan of of Juan Basaka and his time at Crystal Palace. Yeah, I mean he, um, you know, he's pretty good for Crystal Palace. You know, uh, last season, but I just don't think um, you know that's going to be the difference between um, you know where Manchester United are and where they should be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think that there is some faults along the back line for them that they need to, um, you know, remedy. But whenever you're talking about the Harry Maguires of the world, I think that he would have a bigger impact. I mean, Chris Smalling has been, you know, slightly above average, I would say, in his time at United, but and, well, probably not probably not a first teamer. Yeah, and I mean, for a right back, you know, isn't um, wasn't Trippier half the price? Yeah, Trippier. So. I think I think he cost uh, Atletico about twenty eight. So yeah, right about half the price. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I think uh, you know he still has a few years left in him, and um, you know, just a change of scenery would have helped out. Yeah. So so last year, Luke Shaw and Ashley Young were they the first team right and left backs respectively? Um. Kind of. I mean, they kind of rotated quite a bit. I felt like, um, uh, but yeah, Luke, Luke shot on the left and then I think young kind of switched back and forth and, um, what's his face? Um, Valencia. Oh um, yeah. Who's no longer with United played a lot of right back. Oh, Valencia, which I mean, I mean, that is a, you know, when you're talking about Valencia and Young, they're they're ancient in terms of you know soccer years. So mm-hmm. I thought Ashley Young was over the hill like eight, eight years ago. <laughs> He's still holding on. He featured for United's friendly against Spurs the other day, and he, you know, in typical Ashley Young fashion, um, you know, made his mark on the game, and and not only his his uh, trips up and down the field, but also in some of his heated moments and the exchanges between the two teams. Um, Another interesting move was was Danny Sabalos coming over from Real Madrid to Arsenal on loan. It looked like Spurs had him all but locked up. And then last minute, Arsenal was able to convince him to come over. Um, some are saying because of the Spanish influence on the team, uh, you know, be it what it may. I, I think that it is an impactful signing for Arsenal, although not obviously a long-term fix being just on loan. Um, yeah, probably not. Um you know, it's, it's always interesting when, um, you know, players have a, you know, kind of like a verbal commitment to one team, but then end up going somewhere else. Um, I think we saw that with in the NBA recently as well. Um, 
but you know, it kind of makes you wonder if, um, you know, perhaps, you know, when they if if the player plays against the team, he kind of turned his back on. Um, if there'll be any extra motivation. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I guess Sabalos has a great relationship with Hector Bellerin, um, and so there was, you know, some some conversations between the two of them. And, and Spurs have a a strong history of being stood up um, <laughs> like the fat girl on prom night in, in these signings. Uh, a few years ago, uh, Willian had come over, had actually done a physical for for Spurs, and then on his way out the door. Chelsea gave him a phone call, flew him out, or they didn't fly him out. They just brought him in and ended up signing him right underneath uh, Spurs' nose. So uh, Daniel Levy, supposedly, when Dobele showed up at their facility uh, a few weeks ago, said, you're not leaving here before signing a contract. And I think that uh, they're very aware of the fact that they've been uh, wronged in the past whenever they thought that they had a big-name signing coming over to the squad. So... um, you know, a little back and forth between the teams and, and North London is a, a great spot to, you know, kind of build some fire as if there's not enough already. Yeah, for sure. Especially, um, you know, um, Arsenal will be looking to get back into the Champions League. Yeah, they've, they've got a little ways to go, certainly. Um, so a quick note. So the biggest spenders, we're talking big money here. I mean, Man City and one player, $70 million. The biggest spenders thus far in the transfer market have been Aston Villa and West Ham. Is that not is that surprising to you? Um, yeah, a little. Um, you know, considering you know neither of those clubs are, um, you know, particularly large clubs uh, in 2019. Um, you know, Aston Villa just got promoted so you figure they'll spend a, a decent chunk but obviously probably don't think they would outspend uh you know a lot of other teams and then west ham's kind of mid-table um you know been we'll there see. forever yeah i've been, been mm-hmm. mid-table forever so um interesting so just a little quick math here aston villa has spent it looks like oh about $90 million at least. Let's see, 30, 55. I mean, they're no, they're north of $100 million already spent on inbound transfers. That's just crazy. 100 million euros, I should say. Um, and West Ham has spent in two players alone 76 uh, between an attacking midfielder and a center forward. Um, so just, just crazy the amount of money that they're spending. Um, it does look like, I didn't realize this, but Arnautovic has gone over to the Chinese Super League. So they did um, pick up $28 million from the, the Chinese over there, sending them uh, Arnautovic. That'll be, that'll be a sad thing. I, I always enjoy his presence there um, in the Premier League. He's always a fun player to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think we at the time of recording, we still have... Um... You know, there's still some time left in the transfer window, so we'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah, I think that it closes August 11th, and and that's a good segue into our next section of the rumor mill. So, uh, obviously, close and dear to your heart, Paul Pogba. Um, a lot of rumors circulating on his next destination with uh, Real Madrid and Zinedine Zidane, supposedly being, um, you know, big big fans of his his game and him as a player. 
what do you think the chances of United holding on to him through this transfer window are? Um, well, I think United will hold on to him until uh, Gareth Bale is out of Madrid. But yeah, which know. Madrid doesn't seem to have uh, many suitors for for Bale, and Bale has taken a stance that he's he's happy in Madrid that he's not going to go anywhere. So if that's the uh, if that's going to be the you know kind of the the key i guess move that allows pogba to come over i'm not i'm not very certain that that's going to happen yeah um but i don't think um real madrid can afford pogba without moving bail you know even if they um you know essentially give bail away for for nothing just getting his wages off the book is going to be uh necessary before bringing pogba in yeah, yeah, I think the Chinese Super League is is one of the preferred destinations, at least from Real Madrid's viewpoint, um, in unloading those wages for bail. And and so Madrid has to be careful because you know they'll never they may end up facing if they trade you know sell them to another club in Europe, they could potentially end up facing them, um, you know, in European competition later on. Yeah, it's been interesting. So I've watched a couple of Madrid's, you know, preseason friendlies, not to dive too deep into La Liga, but uh, Bale has featured in both of those as a second half substitute. So it's interesting to see, you know, kind of this hardline stance being taken saying, hey, you know, we're we're selling you no matter what, and then still featuring him in, you know, preseason friendlies. I, I don't really understand their thinking, but um, it does appear, at least from what they're saying, that they've, you know, the ship has sailed on Gareth Bale's time there. Yeah. Um, again, I guess you know. I guess we'll we'll just have to see how it shakes out. Um, do you, go ahead. Do you think that there's a, a Premier League team that would you know be able to take on Bale's wages and and have him a place in the first team? Um, I mean, any of them could take on his wages. Any of the you know top six. Um, but I mean, I don't I don't really see anybody wanting to to pay for him and then also pay you know whatever his salary is just to displace somebody else yeah yeah well another united news so lukaku looks like he may be on his way out any information that you've seen on, on where he might be headed um i think he may be headed to that um Italian team with no name, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Let me remind you of the name. I, I'm going to have to commit this to memory considering I will be playing them a lot in uh, next year's FIFA. Piomonte Calcio. Mm. They shouldn't just name them like FC Torino or something. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure I, that's not taken. <laughs> I, I think it might be taken, but I don't know where Piomonte Calcio comes into play here. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe our Italian listeners can fill us in on what that means. That would be uh, very appreciated. I know Calcio is, um, you know, that's just the word for football or soccer or whatever, but... Got it. Got it. Um, and, and other, we might as well stick with United News. So Harry Maguire, um, obviously a lot of talk in the media about him potentially coming over to United. Uh, would definitely require a world record fee for a center back. But, I mean, I think we've discussed this offline a little bit. I, I think that Harry Maguire is hands down the best center back, especially the best center back with a future 
um, in the Premier League as it stands right now. Yeah, and he's the best English center back too, which I think is is key for Manchester United playing in England is to have a big name, um, you know, English national team player that can lead the squad. Um, they haven't really had that, so I think that'll be pretty big. Yeah, and would seem to shore up a lot of the deficiencies in the back line, um, where, as you stated, has been a struggle for them over the last couple of years. Um, it's big money, though. I mean, it's they're talking figures around 80 well, million can, euros. I mean, I mean, they can afford it, though. They're like the most on the Forbes list, aren't they? Like the number one soccer team? They're up there, or yeah. I think the, Madrid may have passed them with their Champions League success recently, but you know they're a pretty big brand i'm sure they can afford 80 million yeah no i i think that they can't afford it um but i you know there's obviously a budget they have to work under considering they didn't make the premier league uh this upcoming year and you know you don't have the guaranteed income that that brings to you which you know we're talking 30 to 90 million euros whenever you're playing in the champions league depending on how far you go Sure. Yeah. So, um, and, and other news and, you know, Spurs have been dealing with a couple transfer sagas, if you want to call it that, uh, Christian Erickson and, and, uh, uh, Toby Alderweireld both are on the last year of their contract and, in, in Tottenham and North London. And, um, somehow they have managed at least at this point in time to keep both of them. Um, it looks like Alderweireld is probably more likely to stick around considering that Spurs, the the original transfer trigger fee was 25 million euros, and now they're talking about almost doubling that to, to release them. Um, Erickson has come out in the media and stated that he's looking for a new challenge, and it was thought that Real Madrid were very keen on his services. However, the Paul Pogba conversation, um, it's been stated that Zinedine Zidane doesn't want to do anything if it's not Paul Pogba, including Christian Erickson. Um, where where do you rate Christian Eriksen as in regards to attacking midfielders in the Premier League? Um, I think he's one of the best, to be honest. Um, I would take him on you know any team that I was picking. Um, him, Pogba, De Bruyne, all all three of them are are right up there. Yeah, from from an attacking standpoint, uh, I would have to agree that those three are probably the top three, in my opinion. Um, you know, it's it's intriguing. You know, I watch a lot of Spurs matches, obviously being a, a big supporter. And Christian Eriksen's style of play often almost like lulls you to sleep, right? I mean, you're you're watching him. You're not realizing um, how he just sprays the ball left and right and his, uh, you know, calming almost control of the game whenever he gets it. You know, very almost Luka Modric um, in the sense that mm-hmm. he, he picks up play in the middle. He's kind of the release point. And then turns and you know makes attacking passes uh, and of course we know that he's one of the best free ball kickers in the in the game um but you know i find myself going back and forth internally as far as you know how highly i rate him but i think it's obvious that madrid is is looking at splashing cast on you even if they're not willing to to do it above paul pogba that you're one of the best in the world well yeah you i mean you mentioned luka modric um and who also used to play for spurs um so i think you know a number of clubs kind of see erickson following that you know kind of same 
career trajectory. So, um, you know, even, I don't know, 100 million euros would be a bargain if he pans out the same as Modric. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you're talking about a balloon door winner with uh, Luka Modric, you know, so especially in this time and day, whenever you've got Messi and, and Ronaldo basically sharing that trophy between the two of them over the last decade, um, you know, it, it's high praise to compare anybody else to the only the lone bull, balloon door winner outside of those two. So, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Um, a couple quick notes. I mean, Danny Alves, supposedly from PSG, is is looking at a few Premier League teams. Um, how do you rate Danny Alves, uh, you know, working in the, the fullback position in a Premier League world? I mean, I think he can still play at a high level and, you know, he could play on a at a high level on a Champions League team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just kind of if any of these clubs want to go in that direction, you know, obviously it, it's not a long term plan if they decide to do that. But, you know, maybe as a stopgap or, you know, the final piece that, the, or one of the final pieces that they want to, um, you know, put, put together on their squad for this upcoming season. Yeah, it definitely represents a quick fix. Um, you know, in the back four, uh, you know, like you said, uh, he doesn't have a long career ahead of him. Uh, his best days are probably behind him, but he's shown even here recently that he can play at a high level and compete at a high level. So uh, if his services are available at a reduced cut rate, uh, I would imagine that premier league teams would be all over him. Uh, another name that's come up here recently uh, with rumors of United and Spurs both being interested is Paulo Dybala, um, the Argentinian who is now taking a back seat to Cristiano there at Juve. Uh, I, I think that United has more of a need for Dybala. Um, I could see where he'd fit into the squad and Spurs, but he'd be still playing a back seat. Um, you know, I, I think that if you're looking at shopping Lukaku on the market, you've got to have some replacement for him, right? Well, I would straight if Juventus offered offered a swap of Dybala and Lukaku straight up, I would take that in a heartbeat if I were United. Um, yeah. I don't think it's quite that favorable for United. <laughs> I think there might be some money required to make that happen. Well, I mean, now that I'm putting it out here in the in the universe, maybe it'll happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I did you ever watch the Juventus little? Um, I don't know. I think it was on Netflix, where it was like a like a three part thing looking at their one of their seasons. I think it was. Um, Buffon's last season. Um, but, you know, they they featured a lot of it on Dybala and how promising he was. And, you know, even then he was already like the the top guy there. Um, but again, like you said, with um, Ronaldo coming in and um, Aaron Ramsey came in as well this summer, um, you know, they're, it's going to be uh, hard to get playing time there unless you're at the you know, on your game every single week. Yeah, it just goes to show, and you know, in, in international soccer, I, I, that's what I think separates it from a lot of other sports is the sense that you you can be this phenom at a young age. and Like Freddie Adu. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, very comparable to Freddie Adu. That's how I would compare to Bala right now, is Freddie Adu-esque. Um, 
and then your your squad is still your team is still willing to go splash the cash to you know upgrade the team and there you are left at i think Dybala is like 22 23 um uh, still obviously featured in the Argentinian team which is a very stacked front front lineup up there you know it, it's just it's crazy to me to see how they will oftentimes go and do that you know just talking about european teams go and spend that amount of money whenever it from everything that it appears to be they have a fully functioning quality center forward or attacking player already in their wings mm-hmm. yeah so all right well moving on um so i was taking a look earlier at, at 442 uh, which is a great website for obviously reviewing all things soccer uh they lift, listed out their top 50 premier league players for the upcoming season uh want to get your opinion on van dyke virgil van dyke the the defender for liverpool being rated as the number one player currently in the premier league um i think that's a fair rating um i think that they he led them to a a, uh record you know number of points for a second place team uh champions league title um I th- it seemed like Liverpool had a clean sheet, you know, probably 75% of the time um, that I saw them. So I think that's a, you know, it's fair to give him the number one spot. Yeah. Yeah. So just to build off of what you just stated there. So Liverpool conceded 1.2 goals a game in 2017-18, obviously the year before Van Dyke was there. And this season, the previous season, I should say, it was down to 0.6. So he, he mm-hmm. split that number in half. I, I just wonder, my question is, you know, if they wouldn't have reached the Champions League final, do you still think that Virgil van Dijk would be rated the number one player? Should I give you the number two player that they rated? To, uh, to yeah, compare? sure. Yeah, okay, two. so number two is Bernardo Silver from Manchester City. Mm, yeah, because I feel like Manchester City just had a better overall team. Which is why they won the the Premier League, like so overall you, better and deeper. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go ahead and read off the rest of the top ten. So, so stated number two was Silva. Number three, Raheem Sterling, who had a, a very impressive season last season. But if we're so, I guess in the in the the bubble that is 2018-2019, I can see that it, it's hard to rate him that high when you take you know other seasons into um into that debate yeah he he had a really good season and it again i think that just kind of shows you how stacked manchester manchester city is um so yeah and then number four uh, this was written a few weeks ago so they had eden hazard who obviously is no longer playing for chelsea um number five sadio mane Number six, Sergio Aguero, who is defying Father Time and, and keeping the young Brazilian off the off the starting eleven, which is very impressive. I I don't know if I agree with him being rated above Sala from Liverpool, who came at number seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're probably we're probably splitting hairs there. When we're talking about sixth and seventh in the Premier League. Number eight, Harry Kane. Number nine, Laporte, and then number ten. Maybe the most surprising to me was Andrew Robertson of Liverpool. 
Yeah, that's a little surprising, to be honest. But um, yeah, he's he's actually pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Sala probably would have been higher. Um, but I, you know, I think his last season was kind of obviously overshadowed by his, you know, record-setting first season. Um, so. Yeah, certainly. He he didn't have a strong start to the season last campaign. Um, so it's somewhat understandable. I, you know, I think that at his best, he could be easily in that top three talk. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, whenever he's on his game, very easy to see how he could be rated higher. Uh, so interesting enough that, you know, from that top 10 right there, United and Arsenal. Neither one of those teams featured a top ten player according to those rankings. Do you see that as surprising, or do you do you see that uh, as well, behind? N- neither does Chelsea, right? If Hazard well, is gone, yeah. Now with Hazard gone, they don't have one. Correct. Yeah. Um. No, I think that just shows that. Um, City, Liverpool, and um, Spurs are the top three teams and have. I feel like they've been the top three over the past couple of years, clearly. And then there's kind of a gap between those three and Chelsea, Manchester United, and Arsenal. Yep. So number 12 and number 13 are both uh, Arsenal. You know, it's their tandem up front with Aubameyang and Lacazette. The first player on United's squad to crack into these rankings is number 14 Pogba and then number oh 19, he might be gone though right very well could be so that would leave uh Juan Basaka um who is represented here as a Crystal Palace squad member at 19 hmm well yeah i guess we'll see um i guess people shouldn't expect Manchester United to you know i would assume most pe- teams would or most people would be Picking them to finish sixth, right? That's probably yeah. what you have than that. Yeah, you would have to figure um, in the betting odds. Uh, you know, obviously City up front. Actually, United is a sixteen to one dog. Chelsea eighteen to one, and Arsenal's twenty to one as it stands currently. So this is, you know, if you're looking at odds and and taking those into account, they're rating United as the fourth best team in the Premier League. Hmm. I mean, we'll see. I'm not particularly optimistic, but, you know, it's a long season. It is a long season. It is a long season. So um, in recent news, you know, some some interesting news. I don't know how else to put it recently. Uh, Klaus, Nick, and, and Ozil, uh, two Arsenal players, um, were attempted carjack uh, uh there, the the car that Ozil was driving was attempting to be carjacked while Klosnik was in the passenger seat by two gentlemen that were both wielding knives. Uh, Klosnik actually was able to basically step in and, and charge the two of them and scare them off, and um, you know, luckily for both of them, avoid any injuries and also ensure that Ozil's car didn't get jacked. I don't know how Arsenal fans feel about Klosnik, you know, stepping in in that situation. I would, I would, um, you know, love to see a segment on Arsenal TV about their reaction to Ozil uh, being protected by yeah. one of the defenders. However, that might represent the best uh, instance of defense in uh, Arsenal season 
this year. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. You know, at least you got a highlight. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to look up the Arsenal fan TV um, reaction to that to that little video. I'm sure it's good. Yeah, no, it has to be. It has to be. I, I wish there could be some type of live feed of of letting them watch the video as it played out and still on Arsenal TV, you know, the fan base and, and just watching the reactions because I'm a, I'm sure that a few of them would be rooting for, uh, you know, the the knife the wielders. <laughs> yeah, the carjackers to win that situation. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, let's be realistic here. I, you know, Ozil is a, when he's on, he's on, but there is such a stark contrast to him when he's at his low i mean it's just night and day it looks like uh, you know somebody that's disinterested in playing uh, you know uh, if he was on my squad uh, there's no way that i'd ever want him to suit up in the the starting 11 yeah i don't know i didn't i didn't think it was a particularly good signing um by arsenal when they when they brought him in but you know he's been there he stuck around for a while and but yeah, you know, Arsenal of, haven't won anything. So. No, they haven't. It, it, and his wages are so high now that I think that it, it makes it hard for any team um, that'd be willing to take on his playmaking capabilities at a cut rate, be able to do that. So, um, and then in other news, so, so Chelsea has brought on Frank Lampard as their, uh, you know, newest uh, squad coach um, manager at, he has a few years experience in lower leagues um, and obviously represents the Chelsea brand um, through and through with his long tenure as a player, um, you know, as one of the best players probably ever to wear the Chelsea blues. I, I just don't know how you can bring in somebody without any top flight experience in the manager uh, seat and expect to, to finish Um higher than you did last year. Now, obviously, I don't think that Sarri's little experiment there worked, but, uh, you know, how do you think that Frank Lampard can come in and really make a difference in this in this Chelsea team that's uh, seeming to be kind of in a weird period um, of either rebuilding or, you know, looking to find their way in the Premier League? Yeah. Um, you know, he was with Derby County last year, um, did well with them, but He's not very far removed from from being a player, um, so we'll see. Um, I mean, they have a they have a they'll definitely contend for for a top four place, but um, yeah, we'll see if if they'll actually uh, live up to the to the talent, especially with their the uh, best player leaving. Yeah, and they're they're on a transfer ban this period too, so they can't even go out and you know replace. Mm what hazard oh, you know meant to them so it's going to be a test certainly and you know there's a an maybe owner. lampard can uh, suit up uh. <laughs> they could probably use them <laughs> and and you know i i just don't know how long of a run he gets does he get um you know if this season if they finish mid-table and let's say not even qualify for europa league uh you know the the owner there is not one that usually likes to stand pat and, and give managers an extra season he's known to replace them uh, i just wonder and it's a sticky situation i guess i should say yeah i would say if he makes it through one season he'll get a second one but if they're like you know just like 
15th at Christmas or something like that. You may, you'd be sacked. Yeah. I think anybody would though. No, agreed. Agreed. At at a squad like Chelsea, it's, it's to be expected. I mean, they've got to be in competition at least, you know, probably three quarters of the year. Um, you know, if you falter out and don't finish in the top four, that's one thing. But if you're on the outside looking in at Christmas and, you know, from a quite a distance, uh, I think that any of those top six teams are going to probably going to make a move in that, that, that point. And then, you know, here recently, just a couple of nights ago, United and Spurs uh, played in the international champions cup and it was supposed to be a friendly. Uh, it turned into a little more of a heated battle than that. Um, there was a, a supposed stamp by Musa Suzoku on one of the young uh, left backs, I believe, of United. Uh, a couple hard challenges, including one on Harry Kane. And, uh, you know, tempers didn't quite spew over to what it might have been in the, in the league play. But it definitely was uh, a heated competition between the two squads. Um, I wonder what value do you place on, on these preseason matches, uh, especially for the big squads? Um, I mean, it's, it's good to, to get everybody a run, run about, but, um, I think the one, these exhibitions between clubs that are in the same league, um, I think they definitely have, you know, a little, um, you know, the players are playing harder and there's probably more emotions in them than, you know, if they're playing a Spanish team or something like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, guys that they're competing about not only domestically, but when they're talking about spots and the uh, the English team. Where did uh, where where did this match take place? What stadium? Oh, I want to say that it was in the Northeast in the United States, or no, maybe it was in Shanghai. I think it was in Shanghai. Mm. Yeah, I was I was I was interested in going to you know one of these exhibitions um, this summer, but. I didn't really see anything around me, so yeah, it's just crazy. It's crazy to think that you know these teams just wrapped up the Premier League and Champions League season a couple months ago, and that most of them have at least one international period where they're playing some matches, and some of them are playing big tournaments, you know, internationally. Um, it just goes to show that the the type of stamina. Um, you know, and the athletes that these guys are, that they can just continue playing basically year round with at most a three week break in between, you know, season and domestic tournament or whatever it may be internationally. It's just crazy that they can sometimes play 75, 80 matches in a, in a calendar year. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, um, you know, anybody that gets called up for their national team duties as well. Yeah, I mean, it's almost a guarantee. If you get called up, na- you know, the national team, you're going to play. You show up and play. It's not like these, uh, you know, NBA basketball players who have all turned their back to the international team. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they also have the a lot of, they're pioneering the load management during the season as well. So we'll see if any of that trickle. I mean, you kind of see it with squad rotation. Um, you know, between the different um, tournaments and cups and soccer, um, you know, I, I don't even know what the the league cup is called called now, but you know, usually don't see the entire first team out there. No, they, I mean they definitely do some squad rotations, but you know, there are still a few of those guys that are 
you know, suiting up 75 matches in a calendar year. It's just, that's just a crazy number, you know, outside of, of baseball, you don't see that type of usage by, you know, athletes, I guess, you know, I mean, the NBA and I guess every sport has 82 game seasons, but very rarely do any of those guys play all 82 games. Yeah. It's a lot of matches. Yeah. So, okay. A little crossfire for you, Steven. I've got some questions for you. It's over under format. So you're going to tell me from the number I give you over or under, we're going to start with okay. 1.5 teams within 10 points of city, Manchester city at season end. Uh, over. They, there'd be more than so mm-hmm. the two, two or more teams. Within yeah. 10? I think, well, I think Liverpool will win the league. Um, okay. So they'll be within 10. Um, and then I think Spurs will be within 10 as well. Okay. And then, you know, maybe even uh, Chelsea and United. Going against the Vegas odds there. I like it. Um, okay. Over under with under being a better finish. A fifth place finish for United at season end. Okay. So under is better. So like smaller place. Um I'll go with a push. I think they'll finish fifth. I think they'll finish fifth. Okay. <laughs> you waffled a little bit, but hey, that's that's a legitimate play there. Um, all right, next up. Over under 0.5 Premier League teams in the Champions League final. Over. I think uh, England will have at least one team in the final of the Champions League. You think it's Liverpool or you think City makes it this year? I don't know. I, I just think they'll have at least one team. Okay. Well, coming off the back of a year where they um, had both representatives, um, it would still be a tick down for them to only have one. But uh, I could see where there's a couple teams that definitely could be in contention. Uh, well, yeah. Spurs ain't, ain't getting back there again. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, last but not least, uh, over under 1.5 newly promoted teams getting relegated this year. Um. So who came up? So we got Aston Villa, Norwich, and Sheffield United. Hmm. Over under one and a half of them going down. I'm gonna say over. I think I think Sheffield and Norwich City are gonna go back down. Okay. Well, in Vegas, they've got Norwich and Sheffield, along with Burnley, at 2,000 to 1 odds to win the Premier League title. So uh, you're in line with their thinking. Uh, the next set of teams include Newcastle, Brighton, Burnmouth, and Aston Villa at 1,500 to 1. So it looks like, yeah, yeah, you're right in line with what Vegas thinks about those two teams. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at the odds now. And um, I think they may have been updated a little bit, but yeah, Norwich and Sheffield United are the, you know, the two longest of shots for the title. So, uh, interestingly, Manchester City um, minus two hundred favorite. <laughs> I don't know how good a value that is, but um, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, that would not be my bet if I was laying money on who the Premier League champion is going to be. Yeah, um, uh, Liverpool plus two eighty, and then you have Tottenham at. 18 to 1, which is the the third um third team on there and then Chelsea 
is currently 35 to 1. So that kind of shows you the gap between the top two teams and the third team and then the third team and the fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah. And it looks like the last time I was, I was trying to do some quick research here, the last time Sheffield United was in the top flight was 06 07 when they finished 18th. Uh, with, oh, they lost on goal differential. Them and Wigan both finished with 38 points, and uh, it looks like Sheffield United went down on goal differential. Wow. That was a long time ago. That was. That was. They probably have a few different players now. Yeah, I don't think there's probably not any holdovers from that squad. <laughs> probably not. All right, Stephen. Well, that uh, that concludes everything has from the crossfire section. You got anything for the fans before we call it a night? Um, no, just uh, let everybody know that we'll have another episode out before the start of the season. Um, hopefully, you know, right before, so we can get, make sure we have all the up to date transfer news, and um, you know, we can maybe get some more predictions on a top goal score and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We, we left those off today just because of the uncertainty behind um, obviously some of the moves that could still be made, but I'm looking forward to doing some predictions with you and tracking them through the season. Uh, for Steven, this is Ryan and the Full Kit Winkers podcast. We appreciate your time. Make sure and follow us on your favorite podcast streaming site. Ensure that you spay and neuter your pets control the pet population and have a wonderful evening.